to another episode of Fool's Daily. I am joined by the one, the only, Mr. Conrad E.J. Gonsalves. Hello! 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 You know, I always seem to be talking to you nowadays. It's like, it's almost like we're maybe getting on... Back on track for a semi-regular-ish... Oh, no, no, you've, now, you've done it now. I'm broken, I've got to go now. So yeah, I... that's it. <laughs> oh. As soon as you mention the word semi-regular, A, we know you're not because we've seen the pictures, and B, you've just broken it, and, you know, there won't be another episode for six months. Sorry. <sighs> regularity is good. Fruit and veg. I, I hear this, yeah. Also helps promote weight loss. Anyway, how are you? <sighs> Fat. <laughs> so, so am I. No, I'm fine. I'm incredibly busy, so I've done next to no hobby. Um, as we record, it's a week to the Malifaux Nationals, and it's about time for me to have my usual. I haven't sorted it all out yet. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. It's about for, it's about time for that to happen. Well, it will be fine. Oh, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be, but doesn't you know, stop you doing the old. Oh no! I mean, you know, two years ago we had 66 people. I was having a panic attack. We've got 128 people this year. So that's it's just nothing, is it? It's not really. Well, it is. It's lots of people, really, but because um, that's really good. But it's but in the in the overall scale of things, no, it's not. <laughs> no, not when you compare it to the population of the planet Earth. Yeah, or even tournaments that you used to run back in the day. I think two hundred and eight was the biggest. So, yeah. yeah, and I was dead chuffed with that. So, but I mean, South Coast GT gets about two hundred players, doesn't it? Yeah, something like that. Are you cleaning models? I might be. I might be drilling. Look, I've stopped. Well, I haven't stopped. Yeah, you haven't stopped at all. I'm, I'm doing stuff, you know. I'm, you're, I'm, you're hobbying. I'm hobbying, which is a rare thing these days. I'm actually hobbying um, a dystopian warship. <laughs> so is it a warship or is it a dystopian war warship? It's a dystopian war large ship battleship for the oh. Prussian Empire. Ah, I see. So that's what Conrad wants to talk about today. You see, this was his attempt at a segue. It was quite good, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all right, actually. I'm quite impressed. <laughs> it's almost like professional like and everything. No, no. Okay. No. Are you, are you cleaning it just right underneath your microphone? Shall I move my microphone away? Where is my microphone? Oh, there it is. Move your microphone away from where you're cleaning the model. It's a hypersensitive microphone. Very good. Well, it was hypersensitive. You you should be able to hear my heart beating as well. There you go. So if it stops, you know that I'm dead. Where did I put my glasses? Oh, they're on my head. I don't know. You don't need them to clean the models. I do, because I can't see them. What, even close or far away? No, I, I use reading glasses now. You as a blindy. I, I is a blindy, I'm afraid. You as a blindy and an old man. Hey, I, I hear you using it a lot these days, that excuse, you know. What, being an old man? Yeah. Oh, no. Not being a blindy, though. Not being a blindy, no. And I haven't played a blinder for a long time. I just am a blindy. Did I? Did you hear that? I forgot to take. I went to. I went to America to play Malifaux, and I forgot to take my figures with me. I may have read that in uh, in our little chatty thingy thing that we have. What a stupid person I am! No, any. I mean, I remember going to um, the nationals. I actually went with Kyle. Would you believe my? My right. son, and uh, it was one of the first times that he... Well, it was the only time that he went away with me to an event, and he was playing in it as well. And uh, uh, I forgot all his cards, his unit cards. 
Some very, uh, and I forgot mine as well. Um, so some nice people helped you out, did they? Some nice people helped me out, but there there is an image of me, uh, of him having drawn a stat card with boxes on it, and I think he must have been about fifteen, sixteen. So you can imagine the uh, the quality of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So yes, I have forgotten stuff, oh. and it's irritating as well when you've got some of the stuff. And you're missing, like, I don't know, counters or cards or whatever. It's irritating because yeah. you, you, you don't feel as though you're playing the complete game as, it, as such. Yeah, forgetting all your stuff just makes you feel like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it sort of throws you, off, throws you off a bit as well. Well, it does because I, um, I got to the airport. That's um, a good start. Put my car into the valet parking, went to the hotel... And then it wasn't, it wasn't even when I left my car. It wasn't until I went to the hotel that I was staying in overnight that I realised I only had one case. <laughs> and I should have had two. So what time was that? That was about 8pm. Because you did contemplate driving back to get Well, it. I would have had to go and get my car, get them to get my car out of valet parking. Go and get my drive back, get my case, drive back to the hotel, and then I decided, no, it's not worth it. I'm sure I'll be able to borrow some figures. And I did. And how did you do? Um, I lost my first game, and then I won the other two. But good time? Oh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. I mean, you know what it's like, what the American bunch are like. Yeah. And I mean, you, you, that was with Adam, wasn't it? It was with Adam. You know, I knew, I knew quite a few of them... Um, there were guys that I used to game Warhammer with when I first went to the, live in the States um, that I used to hang out with um, who have now taken up Malifaux, so got caught up on it with people and chatted about, you know, acquaintances that we both had back in the day and stuff. It was awesome. Um, and they were, they were ever so lovely. Um, a very nice man called Ian Nelson came and picked me up um, from my hotel at 7.30 on Saturday morning. Um, so I got in a strange man's car, and he drove, he drove me away. Not that you've ever done that before, because essentially that's how we met as well. We, no, we, oh, how are you? Oh, let's just go up to Nottingham together now, yeah. or Birmingham, wherever it was. I think it was Birmingham, wasn't it? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, um, so Ian, was, Ian was awesome. Um, you know, he drove me up there, drove me back to my hotel in the evening. It was brilliant. So it didn't leave you there. Strange. No, it didn't leave me there. It was great. It was great. I had a great time. Really, really Brilliant. nice. They were a really nice bunch of guys, and really enjoyed the game. And frankly, I was saying to someone the other day, you could take those guys there, transplant them into the UK scene, and it would be exactly the same. Well, that's a that's that's great, isn't it? That's yes. a reflection of the types of players that we have. Yes. that they are, I suppose. It was it was really good. But anyway, dystopian wars. Dystopian wars. So, well, I may have mentioned it before. You did. You, did. you talked about it in before. passing. Um. So you're just playing the ships, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I've had a few games now, uh, and we pretty much had a more or less a complete game the other day as well, right? Because uh, we've sort of been introducing aspects of the games that we weren't using in the previous game. Okay. Uh, so, so who are you playing? I'm playing Nigel. Um, okay. Who's obviously one of the uh, club members at Taylor. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a friend. Uh, and he is playing one of the, in inverted commas, he's playing the League of Italian Nations. So the the ships have sort of got crosses on, and uh, they run. They have a captain called Giuseppe and. Okay. And they, they, um, all the ships are equipped with ice cream van music. <laughs> you are such a racist. <laughs> Not only to him, only to Nigel, because he keeps beating me. Anyway, yeah. Everyone so keeps beating you. Well, yeah. There, there is there is a theme there. But I mean, I, I was. I like naval games, not that I have a lot of them. I like the idea of naval games. Yeah. Um, and I think that stems from 
you know, film probably more than anything else. Yeah. And then Man of War, which was great. Um, and we should probably still play it because it, it's still playable apart from the, obviously the chaos stuff later on. But if you play it, play it yeah. as a game, not as a competitive game, then, you know, you can have fun with it. Um, and I did jump on the Uncharted Seas bandwagon when, Disto- when um, Spartan put that out, yeah. um, which was fun. So I, I have had um, an involvement with, with those sorts of games, okay. uh, specifically Uncharted. I've not dro- dropped into the, the Armada game, which is their sci-fi spaceship combat game, isn't it? Yes, it is. And... Uh, and that tracks into Halo Wars as well, doesn't it? That's right, yeah. And they've also got um, Dystopian Legions as well, which is sort of dropping to 30, 28mm resin figures as well. Um, yeah. Not, not dropped into that. But the appeal for me for, for Dystopian was that it had come with a similar sort of style of rules from Uncharted, but it, the look and feel of the game was steampunk 1870s, turn of the 19th century sort of thing. So battleships and strange mechanical devices um, of that era with their sort of spin and from their background and history of their dystopian wars world. Um, plus the steampunk element of it as well, you know. So you've sort of got that World War One-ish steampunk feel, Victoriana feel um, and look... Um, and I, I just loved, I loved the models. When the, f- the game first came out, I thought, mm, this looks really good. I bought the rule book, flicked through the rule book. I bought a starter box set for the Prussians because they had dirigibles. Um, and that was it. That's where it went. Nothing okay. else. You know, like many, many of us have done, we buy a rule set and pos- possibly s- a small selection of figures and years go past. Yeah, and you come across them and go, "Oh, I remember that." Um, but there was a there was a sort of resurgence of the game at Harlow, and because there was enough players there and enough interest there and enough enthusiasm there, it made me go out and look at the game again. Um, when the version two rulebook came out, I don't know, was it a year or two years ago? A couple I of years did, ago, yeah. I did actually when they, they were they had an offer um, and I bought the Commodore's book, which is the hardback, red covered book. Right. Um, so I had I, I'd had the book and I'd flick through it and sort of smelt the smell, you know, as it were, um, <laughs> <laughs> as, as you do. Yeah. Um, and that was it. But this, this opportunity came along probably about three or four months ago, and I decided to sell some of my stuff and fund um, a Prussian fleet. Um, the guys, one of the guys there, Leonard Smith, who's um, championing the game there, gave me some advice on is what. This to a, buy. Is this at Harlow or? This is, this is at this is at Harlow, yeah. Right. Uh, which is a, a club that I semi regularly go to. Um, yeah. And uh, when I he, – he took me through a game there, and – but there was, there's like two or three games going on there, you know, and you sort of look at it, and it's one of those games like Epic, because um, it, it's, it is that sort of small scale. Yeah. So there, you have that, that narrative and that feel and that look of that size of game. Um, add in the naval sort of side of stuff and all the weird and wonderful stuff, and it just it just looks cool, basically. Yeah. So how, um, many, how many models are you playing with? Um. So ships, probably only about ten at the moment. Well, I'm playing. Th- we're playing thousand point games at the moment. Right. Uh, I don't know what the standard sort of game size is. It might be twelve fifty, fifteen hundred, or something like that. Um. So, but but you do have these concept of. Um, squadrons of aircraft which which because of the small size of these dive bombers and torpedoes uh bombers and the fighters they sort of sit on a, a small tray so um i probably have about six of those as well taking it up to 12 13 activations as it were um so not necessarily a lot of models um 
but it's amazing that the the depth of the game that that gives in itself, especially when you're learning as well. Um, yeah. So the history for for anyone who's interested in it is it's it's set in the 1870s um, in Earth on Earth essentially. Um, you've got the standard sort of nations there: the British, the French, uh, the Prussians, the Russians, the Americans. Um, Japanese. The Japanese, yeah. And then you've got a load of minor races as well um, uh, who can be used on their own or they can uh, uh, um, essentially affiliate with another main faction as well. Um, and uh, there's war going on. You know, you've got the normal sort of European world wars and things going on. Um, and then this explorer goes off to the to the Antarctic and discovers this... Um, element 270 uh, named which he names after himself called Stiginium which essentially changes because his guy was his name was Sturgeon right uh, 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 essentially changes it, it's like a philosopher's it's like that, that this element that will mix with other stuff to create lightweight stuff and strong stuff and also provides different types of energy um, to create these generators which can um, do anything from time leap to ch- affect the weather to Tesla weaponry as well sort of thing um, and that and that causes a bit of an issue uh, and a power struggle as this element is uh, is needed by or sought after by the other nations, um, the these scientists or this this expedition decides to form its own sort of nation, uh, the the Covenant of Antarctica. So, using this technology as well. So, and then this war ensues. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's the background. So um, the game itself is. There, there are actually two flavours of the game, I believe. One is a, called a fast play set of rules, um, and and then there is the the sort of I think one, one's called commodores and one's called admirals. So the, I think the fast play are called admirals, uh, and the commodore is the the sort of more detailed, granular version of the game. Um, everything's a living rule book, so everything in terms of rules and stat cards are available online off the Spartan website which has its issues, obviously, um, as any sort of living rule book has, you know, where you have to constantly maintain or be up to date with rules or, or cards or stack cards or whatever. Um, but it, it seems to be in a place where it's, it's quite static at the moment, apart from any new stuff that, that comes in. So I've probably joined and uh, taken up interest in the game at a decent time where I don't have to be worried about things like that. Um, so so some of the things that you would put you off the game is that obviously with, with that sort of living rulebook stuff, there's a lot of paper. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that would make the game easier would be stack cards. And amazingly, I found some on the net, so I'll be printing those off and sleeving them. Um, I've been using Army Builder again to build lists, so okay. that's that's a great resource. Yeah, I've still got it from the old Fantasy Battle Days sort of thing, um, and I can create my lists that way. And all the stat lines and extra stuff and special rules are, are on that list, so that's quite handy as well. Um, but stat cards would be a brilliant, um, a brilliant addition to the game, or even a, an app of some sort to which would essentially create the cards or or it would be a, a unit card viewer uh within within an app sort of thing that would be great as well um right. but yeah the, uh, the game we're playing is the commodore version which is quite granular um and anyone looking at sitting on a, on the sidelines who who isn't vested i suppose in in the look and feel of the game would probably think oh nothing's not a lot's happening so the granularity is in the uh, what are called model assigned rules. So each each ship or model or whatever has a has a, may have a, a load of these Mars, are they called? And I, I'd equate them to traits and uh, abilities in Malifaux and, and other games. 
And it's just a case of getting used to them. And as you can probably appreciate with, you know, with Malifaux, there's a lot of common types, as it were. And it is similar with Dystopian, but getting used to it and the rules that are associated with that, like in any game, can be clunky. Um, But yeah, no, it's... it's, it's, And there's a lot of dice rolling, because obviously it uses this exploding dice mechanic, but that is part of the game as well. And, And the foibles of of rolling criticals on this critical hit roll table that comes with it. I mean, I had a game uh, a couple of weeks ago where uh, this was in my first turn. So one of my, uh, the the ship that my Commodore was was on, essentially that's me, uh, was uh, an aircraft carrier called the Elbe. And I'd moved it. And uh, each ship has a damage rating and a critical rating so that's the number of uh hits that it can take before it will receive a damage point or if you reach if you um give a number of critical a number of hits equal to the critical rate um rating on the model you roll on the critical hit table so all sorts of things can happen with that you know to to fires starting on the ship to generators going offline to your ship exploding and anything within a four-inch radius also takes some damage from the explosion of the ship to what happened to me, which was on a double-six roll. Your ship gets randomly teleported. It's called Stoginium Flare. Your ship gets randomly teleported in a random direction, random um, number of inches. And because this was first turn, the (laughs) the direction it went was essentially slightly... It was mainly backwards, but off to an angle, and it was enough to, to put some of the ship off the board and off the table. Right, okay. So in the first, so we then had to look up what happened to ships moving off the board, and essentially they're lost. So at that point, my Commodore ship <laughs> disappeared, and, and the weird thing was that we had this triangle of islands on, on the board in terms of terrain, so it was like... The Bermuda Triangle, and this ship had just disappeared. So Nigel was sort of saying to me, "Oh, just put it back on. Let's pretend it never happened." And I said, "No, this is part of the game. This, you know, you've got these shimmery lines, and all of a sudden, everyone goes, oh, where's, where's the ship gone?' And and stuff like that happens. Um, so from a narrative play style, and you know that sort of sense, it provides that visual. Yeah, you might get a bit cheesed off the fact that you've lost you." You sunk his battleship type thing, but for yeah. me it was like, "Where'd he go? What's he got? Where's where's the Commodore gone?" Um, but yeah, it's it's very detailed. You know, you have your normal movement, you have coherency, you have disorder. Um, when you fire uh, some of the tertiary weapons, so there's primary, secondary, and tertiary weapons. When you fire tertiary weapons like torpedoes and and um, you you can defend against them by uh, rolling concussion charges. When right. you're being attacked by aircraft, there's ACAC. When you're boarded, there's ACAC. So there is this granular level of stuff um, to get on with. Um, I don't play with the land stuff because the land models don't necessarily appeal to me much. Um, I like the ship and the aircraft, uh, and, and that's where I, I'm at at the moment. Um, slowly building stuff. I've undercoated stuff, and I do intend to try and paint some stuff at some point in in the future. Yeah, I mean, the models are all over the place, really, aren't they? There is a range of looks and styles, definitely. Yeah, I mean... You've got anything from, like, the Ottomans to... Well, I would, yeah, I mean, I've just, while you've been talking, I've been flicking through and I've been, think, I've been looking at them. And some of the, the lesser ones, the Alliance stuff, is that what they were called? Yeah. They the, have the, some, minor ra- the minor races. Yeah, they have some really, really cool stuff. Yep. Um, the Chinese stuff is awesome. It's all the barges and things like that. Yeah, but also, I mean, they, they have, their flyers are brilliant. Yeah, because they're gi- they're like giant kites, um, and the Italian, the Ottoman stuff looks like it's all fly. All, oh no, there is a there's a there's some right. That's an Empire Naval Battle Group because there's it's got loads of flying ones in the 
yep. Ottoman one. Yeah. So there, there is a real variation of styles. But then the land stuff... Mm. Looks a bit poo, in my opinion, sometimes. Yeah, it's not awesome. But, but there is some really nice stuff. And, I mean, the Prussians are definitely one of the better ones, I think. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things that um, uh, that I'm seeing is that it it does suffer a little bit from, but I, I mean I don't mind this as well. So let's let's just get that um, said as well. Um, it suffers from like this is being this is one of the founding um, races, as it were. You know, it was one of the first races that came out. It's core. The imagery is core to the game. Um, but it may be slightly underpowered, you know. But I, I don't really care because it, oh, well, it's, well, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going on the models. I mean, the, it's interesting that the the earlier ones, the things like the um, the British and the Prussians and stuff, classic lines, aren't they? Their ships are all very, very similar. Mm. And then as they've sort of branched out, they've gone more fantastic. Yep, there's there is there is. Um, they it looks to me that they've started to try and create a style suitable for that race as it were yes or that faction or whatever you, you know whatever you want to call it yeah i i agree that 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 particular force they, they there's definitely they've started to style them out in the models um what's the grand coalition oh that's australia and stuff they get the Australian ones. What do they look like? Upside down ships. Oh, they look very similar to. They look almost, you know, historical. Yeah. The Chi- I like the Chinese ones. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some unusual stuff in there. You know, for instance, the is it the the blazing sun guys have mechanical squids. Um, oh, do they? Yeah, which and they just look cool. Emperor of the Blazing Sun models. Oh, yeah, because their ships don't look that great, I don't think. I think the, it, it's very much um, but what you what you personally get out oh, of it. Oh, yeah, feel out an Ica-class mechanical squid. Oh, yeah, that is cool. Yeah, okay. See, I quite like the, the look and feel of the... the the blazing sun guys, you know, oh, with, I, the I, round, with the round, the, the rounded sort of stuff. Yeah, I, um, if I'd gone for um, instead of going to the Prussians, I would have gone for them. Yeah, I think if I was going to, what are these covenant of these covenant guys look like? They're a bit mishmash, but they have a slightly higher tech look and feel for the game. Oh yeah, they're a bit powered by aliens, aren't they? Yeah. So, so this week we introduce the, the the concept of tack cards, tactical cards, and you you build a deck of sixteen and you choose five from them, and these are cards that um, can buff or help you repair ships or 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 whatever, you know, extra move or whatever or cans. But the cards come with a victory point associated with them, so that when you use them, they go towards your opponent's victory point scored. Uh, and you and you can cancel them, um, and then there are sort of six six missions which you blindly draw, uh, and if you don't like what you've what you've drawn, you can go to free for all, which uh, essentially is um, getting seventy percent of causing seventy percent casualties on your opponent's fleet. Right. Uh, so. You think to yourself when we when we first started playing, we think, "Oh, this is going to go on for ages." We actually played two turn two turns um, on uh, this week, and we came to the conclusion that you could actually win the game in one turn uh, okay. if you if you actually concentrated far on you know what you were trying to on, on the models that you were trying to achieve. You could actually potentially win the game in in one turn, but there is scenario play, there is multiplayer play, um, and it certainly lends itself to that sort of flavour of gaming as well. You know, you could have anything from you're carrying stuff on, on a ship and it needs to disembark and be set upon an island or you need to go up to an island and collect stuff whilst taking on the enemy fleet sort of thing. But it 
it, it lends to these sorts of narrative scenarios that, right. that you can create as well. Um, when I was running, I ran an Uncharted Seas campaign at the club when the club was interested in the game sort of thing. Um, and we, I don't know if you remembered the uh, Whoops Apocalypse event that we used to go to, the Fantasy oh, yeah. event. So yeah, the random pairings. Yes, that's right. And then they had the concept of uh, random events happening. Yes. And one of the things that could happen is that an elemental would appear on your table. Yeah. Uh, and it could be, it would be on one or other side. It would belong to one or other side, basically. Um, and essentially, at that point, it's part of the game. So I took that concept and turned it into random sea monsters appearing. Right. So uh, I, ha- I made some very easy and quick icebergs out of polystyrene, and they were randomly floating around. So you can do all sorts of things like that, you know, with, with the game um, in dystopian as well. So for me, it's, it is a game that's really, really excited me and got me... Uh, frothing over it um, and enjoying playing it as well. Cool. So. Is there a, any sort of command mechanism or anything, or is it I'm going to activate this ship and it's going to do this, and you know, you just move it from point A to point B? Uh, essentially, yeah, you have a movement sec- section, a firing section, uh, a boarding section, uh, and, and that's it. So there is no, no chance of failing that the command comes into effect when you take casualties uh, and then you have to roll for disorder for that particular squadron of ships okay. so there is a chance that a unit can come become disordered which prohibits it from doing stuff however if that unit's activated already then obviously you're not Stopping it doing it anything that particular term because it's already activated. Okay, but it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't attempt to to replicate any, um, you know, complexities back- of ship combat in, you know, the fact that it's very hard to turn and things like that. Uh, yes, it is. I mean, uh, the the ships. So uh, there there is a concept of size of ship. Right. And with each ship. Um, comes a temp sorry with that size uh, a template a turning template is associated oh, okay. with it so the to turn a large ship 90 degrees is you know takes a longer length of movement than to turn uh, a small ship right okay uh, so the t- the turning templates are c- completely different sizes um and uh yeah, it, well, obviously that's, that's good then yeah. So you do have to think based on the size of ship that you're manoeuvring, what sorts of manoeuvres you have to do. I mean, because that's one of the things. Because um, if you look at a game like Star Wars Armada, yes, Star Wars Armada is effectively a sailing game. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it has sailing game mechanisms all through it, uh, and it has the you know it has the concept that the bigger ships are harder to turn. Yes, they you know they're very powerful, but if you overshoot your targets, whatever, it's much harder to turn them around. Yes, so you'll find that the smaller ships and the medium ships are uh, uh, are much faster than the large and massive um, ships. So it encourages you to make a mixed force because well, there, there so are force react- restrictions. Oh, so okay. you know you can only have. Up to, for instance, sixty percent of your fleet it can be massive stroke large ships. You must have at least forty percent small ships. So there, there are. Okay, so uh, you can't. You can't. It's not a. I'm gonna just go for three big battleships. No, you can't do that. Well, you could do that if you did, if you just ignored the force composition rules and just if you just want to have some fun. Yeah, you could do that. But uh, inherently, if you if you're trying to have a, a matched points game between you and a, and your opponent, then you would. You are restricted in okay. what can be added in that force, as it were. Okay. And how many people are playing? I mean, not at your club. I mean, <laughs> in general, but I mean, is it a, I, a growing I, scene? Is it? A... I d- I don't know. I, I think it's hard to judge this. I mean, if you take Harlow, it's 
it's it's maintained probably six to eight people there. Uh, the, I sort of have I've got involved. I haven't got involved. I joined the Facebook community. Um, it doesn't seem to be that active, though they are talking about a Kickstarter of some of these sort of unique ships that they're, they're trying to do. And I know Spartan put out a survey recently as well. Oh, yes, because they advertised what they were going to do a Kickstarter for one thing, didn't they? And the ho- everyone who follows Spartan said, why, aren't you, why are you doing this and not dealing with all of these issues? Yeah, yeah. So I think Spartan have always been one of these um, manufacturers that try to actively involve the community in terms of feedback for their games to yeah. to provide that living rulebook cycle and you know that their whole the community is part of the development cycle as far as I, I'm concerned uh, from what I've seen. Uh, I think there is a lot of people there playing the game, but I don't know where they are. So potentially that could be the next step um, where I go with the game, you know, to try and look for, or just to play at Harlow a bit more because I haven't been there for a while and just starting. So that now I've learned the rules and had some games, try to find a few more opponents to get the, a feel of the other a get factions. To, a, a get-together. Yeah. In, Card- um, in Cardiff on the... 11th and 13th of August. I would, I mean, well, well, you know as well as I do, um, I talked to Neil at Spartan last year, uh, and it didn't go anywhere. He was, they were very interested in DAFCON, but um, nothing happened afterwards. So I am keen to try and get them involved with DAFCON next year. And on the back of this game, it's something that I'm probably going to be passionate about to try and move forward with you know oh, good. so in my, in my experience of 20 years when you're passionate about things then they do happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's when you're a bit <laughs> meh on an idea like getting dressed in the morning <laughs> what, what are you dressed at the moment i am <laughs> okay that's good then so yeah i mean i'd like to uh, i've no interest in their other games at the moment right um, so I think the, one of the things they're thinking about kickstarting is a smaller scale version of Dystopian Legions. Yes. Um, that might be interesting, you know. Uh, but for me at the moment, probably not. Because we played, we had an epic day at the club last week. And epic's such a great game. You know, I played against... That's, it. That's exactly it, isn't it? I mean, it's... Yeah. And with Adeptus, that... and with Adeptus Titanicus coming, barreling towards us... Yes, you know where are we going to spend our hobby dollars, as it were? Yeah, are we going to buy new titans and go? <laughs> I mean, I you know I know where my money's going. Yes, but if there's enough people who've got some dystopian wars and they yeah want to throw down at Dafcon or at one of um, the um the or Daf- one of the road shows, Dafcon yeah. roadshow things. I mean, maybe if you know if we come to um. Where are we doing around London? We're going to Warbore. Okay, so that's sort of down Kentway, isn't it? Yeah, um, is it? Near Chessington World of Adventures, isn't it? Oh, is that Surrey then? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent convinced. Well, I'm not 100 percent sure. You're not Warbore doing Darksphere then? I don't know yet. I'm going to do two in London. Well, Warbore's not in London. I'm going to look where they are now. It, Carry on though. It must be round that way somewhere. It's in the south. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, we're still umming and ahhing about Bromley. It's Bromley in Kent, yeah. Bromley? I thought Bromley was in Essex. Bromley's in Kent. No. Is, it, is that all part of London, though? No. <laughs> Must be close. But it's, it, Must be it, close to London. It's about 45 minutes away from where I am. Oh, then it's practically on your doorstep. Well, one of our guys goes there to regularly play CCGs, like um, Game of Thrones and things like that. I mean, going to Buckingham Palace is about 45 minutes from where you are. You're absolutely right, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably longer at the weekends. (laughs) It's probably probably longer at the weekends because of the the work that's going on at the weekends for um, Crosslink. Yes. (laughs) So, it's practically, it's all London, isn't it? Um, yeah, but no, no, you're absolutely right. We could uh, try and 
if if people are interested there, go along. But and and I can try and turn up at one of the London ones to do some dystopian war stuff. Well, that's it. You see, well, I mean, what we've been debating is whether we're going to have we're going to have a fixed set of games that we tour around, and then we're going to have. An extra, extra featured you know. yeah. games at particular places where there are people who want to run them. So, hmm. So I could probably drag Nigel along to that. and uh, Effectively, it's a demo day, isn't it, then? Yeah, it's a demo day, and but we get to play some games, but also chat to gamers as well yeah. about DAFCON and, and the games as well. Yeah. But no, that would be good. It'd be nice to get somebody like Mythos Apparently, you know, Mythos played at one of those things. Well, that may be happening. Yeah. Oh, so. Hush, my mouth. <laughs> Might be. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a naval game sort of person. I like, I liked Man of War back in the day, but um, I was never really into Uncharted Seas. Well, I had a fleet. Um, I mean, it's it's got I, my. I, I, think, I think I've got some of the, I think I've got some dystopian legions somewhere. You probably bought some of the something like the bike that they had that bike bloke on a bike jet bike figure, which was really nice. Um, or was I've that some, I've, I've, got some I've certainly got some dystopian war because I've got some Prussians. Right. Because I have the um, airship with the you know the the aircraft carrier airship. Yes, yep. Or at least I did. Maybe I've sold it, I don't know. Because um, it just sat in a box for years. As they do. Yeah, I must have picked it up as a trade, I think. But it's got me frothing about the game, and Good. you know, you know, when you're thinking about something like that quite yeah. a lot of the time, it's, it's a reflection of how much I'm enjoying it, so I'm pleased that I'm playing it. Um, Excellent. And if anyone else is interested in it at the club eventually or if we do get to get get out on the on the road show um yeah. then just come along and have a have a game then so you're going to buy a second force <laughs> um that's that's think, always that's always the yes i am well, committed to it when you buy a second force you know the answer to that question but f- because of the financial situation uh, I am being very good about things like this. So yeah, but you're selling uh, all that old tat that's in your garage. Yeah, it's but been that in your might... garage for forty years. But that might be used to just like live. Subsistence <laughs> oh, is so overrated. Yes, I, I do agree with you because it would get then get rid of some of this uh, excess weight as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about the rest of the family though. <laughs> Yeah, but do you care? I'm not going to answer that <laughs> question. In That's a no. <laughs> if, you, if you were going to say yes, yes of you course would I do. Say yes. Of going, course oh, I, I do. Oh, I might not answer that. It's, no, let them die. Let them starve. <laughs> of course I can. Especially the pets. <laughs> but, but yes, I would love to get a second fleet. But the rule. The rule is, I must paint what I've got first. So How gonna, about that? Did you hear gonna, that? You're never going to buy anything ever again, then. Well, do you know what, Mike? I've come to the conclusion, then, then that will do. Which is something I didn't think I'd ever say. But I've got enough stuff, you know? I've got enough stuff to be getting on with. Where's so, and what have you done with them? So, so, so get on with it, you know? Yeah, but with your dodgy hands, you can't paint anyway. Um, my hands are getting better, so I might be picking up a paintbrush soon. Ooh. I have I have picked up a paintbrush since the operation, just oh. to put a base coat down on something. But um, the intention is that I need to start painting again. I did some painting this morning. What did you paint? I. Uh, painted four men's skin blue. <laughs> I'm not going to say why. No, but they, I just did. So, um, for Dragon Rampant and stuff... Oh, I, cool, yeah. I picked up some... Um, 
one thirty second scale. You know, like the toy soldiers that we used to play with as kids. That big. Yes. So so fifty four mil I guess they are. Um hard plastic Vikings from a Russian company. Okay. They were selling on they were selling them on eBay and um you got six models for a tenner. But they make brilliant sort of troll Viking type things. So I've painted them with blue. I'm painting them with very pale blue skin. Nice one. Um, as one a unit for Dragon Rampant. So there's an interesting conversation that we're going to have at some point as well, because Mr. Spooner is uh, is is up for recording when we get the chance to all of three of us hooked together. Um, because he's had a couple of games of Kings of War since uh, we he last... He has indeed played Kings of War. Uh, and uh, he quite likes it. Well, he's only played two games. He likes everything after two games. It's when he plays me and loses, then he won't like it. I think he played and lost anyway, didn't he? Well, probably, because, you know, he loses to everybody. Um, but yeah, no, he has. He did indeed play Kings of War. I mean, he's because he's bought the um, Kings of War historical. Yep, yep. Um, but he has indeed been playing Kings of War. Um, uh, got, we've got loads of stuff. Co- we've got loads of stuff coming out recently, you know, in the near future. Because there's this um, new Andrea game, you know, like the author of um, Fistful of Kung Fu and stuff. Yep, Andrea. Um, he has a new uh, sci-fi game coming out next month, month after, called Rising Stars. Okay, is um, that sort of loosely based on the Dragon Rampancy stuff as no, well? No, 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 no. This is a six. This is a um, very small scale, as in number of models required, um, science fiction game. Okay. Sort of based around. I don't know. That it's based around anything, but I mean, it's you. You know, your typical gang um, is six figures, rogue stars, not rising stars. Sorry. So is it a sort of necromundary? Yeah. Is it is it pseudo sort of gang progression infinity ish? Yes. Yeah, but you only have six models. Okay, that sounds interesting as well. Um, you, the game is designed around making a seventy point lead. I only know this because I posted a picture of some figures that I was thinking of using in it on the Facebook page today. And yeah. Andrea is monitoring that Facebook page, and he answered. Um, he was answering questions. <laughs> it was very cool, actually. Um, and did he say they were good? Well, the figures aren't finished. I mean, they're, they're just base coated, effectively. Oh no! Did you say the figures were fine for? for oh yeah, the you... figures. The figures are fine. Um, but he was saying that the, the I mean, they're the heresy um, trench coat gangers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was saying that, you know, because they're unarmoured, they'll be relatively cheap in cost, so that I'll be able to put a load of points into my robot. <laughs> that that kind of gets me excited as well. Just the fact, that word. What, robot? Yeah. Oh, Matt, bless him, bought me an absolutely beautiful robot miniature. From Blightwheel Miniatures. Okay. Um... It's called the Battlebot or something, uh, but it's a really, really—it's a really nice little resin robot. Um, quite chunky. Uh, a bit like me then. Goes on a forty mil base. I don't go to forty mil base though. Um, the casting is not the brilliant. Is not the best. Um, you'll be cleaning up for days. I think that is the way of resin, to be fair. I mean, looking at the dystopian war models, there is still flash there. They're fairly clean, uh, but resin inherently will come with, you know, that that flash, that film, and, and bubbles as well, you know. Not, well, the monk, are... not, not Michael Jackson's monkey, though. This is um, mould lines. Oh, that's, yeah, that's not necessarily good then. But it is... that, sounds like, that sounds like you're using some sort of... Demolding landing thing. I am because I've just seen one that I missed. <laughs> <laughs> That's very unlike you. Going back on something. Well, normally I undercoat them first, and then because they show up massively when you undercoat them. 
That's true, yeah. Um, and then I clean up then I clean up along the undercoat because then you can see where you've cleaned them up as well. Yes. Um, that's what I normally do, but that one was blatantly obvious in that in the light that it was just in. You know how well you know how sometimes you don't see them because of the light. Oh no, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and and, got, and the wor- the worst thing is when you're painting and you're sort of two thirds of the way through a model and you and you see a mould line and you have to make that decision as to whether or not you deal with it or not. Yeah, and these days, depending on what game I'm doing it for, is whether I care or not. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, I, I, when I was painting my uh, Signal War Machine, so I was painting to a very high level. They were meant to be, uh, you know, some of these figures have won uh, painting awards as such. And it was a journeyman wall caster. So he's, he's a flat figure, side on, looking forward. Yeah. And I didn't notice that on one side of his face um, was mould line. Right. And I nearly finished the model. I was pretty much doing his face last for some reason, I think. Um, and uh, I was tidying it up, I think, and uh, I noticed it. And I thought, no, I can't be asked. Um, because I, you, you were in that sort of frame of mind where I've got to get this done, you know. Yeah. Uh, I did care about it, and the, the OCD part of me wanted to do, redo it, but the practical part of me said, no, it will take too long and it will set you back at yeah. least a day, painting-wise sort of thing. Because essentially it would have meant redoing the flesh on his face. Yeah. Well, I've got... Um, I had another figure... To, actually, another figure delivered this week, which is a figure that I've wanted for years and years, um, which is a Reaper Hill Giant. Oh, nice one, yeah. Um, it's, it's massive, and it's... it's it's got hugely oversized arms, and it's holding one arm out sideways with a tree trunk in it. It's an absolutely lovely figure. I saw it years ago. And Reaper being Reaper, it's difficult to get them here. Um, and in metal, it would, you know, just, you'd be pinning forever. Yep. And then I was, I can't remember where it was. I must have been going around eBay, and I came across one, and I didn't realize that they'd put it into their bones range. Oh, nice one, yeah. So I got it for six quid. Because that's... Is that plastic or is that resin? The, it's, the plasti- it's plastic. Yeah. It's, it's slightly bendy plastic. But on the big, the big models, um, you know, you don't, know, you don't notice you, it. And especially once, yeah. you, once you've painted it. It's a so sort you've of got, a PVC type thing. Yes, rather, than a hard, rather than a hard plastic. It's like a, uh, almost like a kid's toy game component plastic, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it's like. But for big kids... It's really good. I mean, it holds detail amazingly well. Um, it's it's very impressive what they're doing with them, and the price you can't beat that sort of price point. No, they they are good value figures. Um, you know, a big a big massive giant that he's going to have to go on a seventy mil base, um, and he was six pounds, including postage. <laughs> you can't beat it, can you? You can't. So he has joined my. She has joined my barbarian horde. There's another giant. Rawr! He'll go and smash people with his club, knocking them sideways. And then I've been—I spent part of the morning looking at uh, the Perry's website for anything in particular, or not? War of the Roses. Uh, uh, not uh, Agincourt. Not War of the Roses. For dragon. Uh, not dragon rampant. Um, other rampant. Oh, the uh, lion lion rampant. rampant, yeah. Yes, I've I've always wanted to have a War of the Roses army. No, why am I saying War of the Roses? Um, an Agincourt army, you know. Yeah. A black prince and things. I've always wanted one, and I've never found a rule set to play because you know ancients' rule sets don't go that far up, and then you have that sort of gap. There's that chivalry type gap almost yes because ancients go up to what about 1066 you know normans 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 are pretty much the pinnacle isn't it yes then you're into because then you're into plate and stuff and you don't do it and then you go then it 
sort of advances up into Pike and Shot, and there's that gap that I've never seen, you know, played a rule set for. And Saga sort of covers it, but then, um, and I was I was hopeful that um, Crescent and Cross would expand would out, that gap. would expand out, but it doesn't look like that's the way they're going. No, I've seen the Age of Arthur. Yeah, it seems that they're going to go back it back into the Dark Ages and back and further back, rather than being, you know, seven eight hundred, back to. Two four two to four hundred, um, which is which is fine, and you know it's just, but it's not really a period that necessarily interests yeah. me massively, and but Lion Rampant will give me you know it's a saga esque type feel. I like the ramp I like the rampant rules, um, and so I was looking, and they're so lovely. <laughs> So lovely figures. But I have to sell my Saga Saracens first. Are you being good then? Well, I'm trying to be. Plus, I'll never play the Saga Saracens, really. Well, it kind of doesn't, didn't interest you. So it doesn't enthuse you. I mean, the game you like, I think. I love, but, I love uh, no, I think Saga's a brilliant game. And if I could, if I could play, if, basically, if they weren't such anal gits about Using historical figures, yeah. Then I would I would go to the Grand Melee every year. Mm. But the fact that I couldn't use my barbarians as anything, they wouldn't let me stand them in for something. Um, means that I'm not going to go. Yeah. And you know that it almost stops my interest because I don't I don't want to paint a historical army of beardy men with sticks. Yeah, I mean you you are you're invested in a game in different ways, and one of the one of the ways that you're invested in a game is is hobby. Yeah, and uh, not, so so yeah, so I like Saga. I'm you know I've heard good things about this Spear Point game that's coming out. Was it Spear Point or Sword Point? Spear Point. Is this the? Um... The fantasy game. The fantasy game that uh, that's coming out from. Griffin Beast. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the mass battle fantasy game. I've heard good things about that um, because apparently you can. The rules are designed in such a way that you can play fantasy or historical using basically the same rule set. Yeah. Um, but I've not seen the rules. I've not. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm assuming it's a. Uh, Given that Arthur is almost due, I'm assuming that's going to be a salute next year sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so I've been looking at Perry's and get a little um, lion rampant force. Matt's got some guys to fight against. So, so that, that well, see what happens, I suppose. Yeah. But I've got to sell my Sar- I've got to sell the Saracens first because they're just sitting there and um, just get rid Collect- of them. collecting dust. Yeah. So you know, if someone wants some Saracens, um, eight points of Saga Saracens, then just let me know. And uh, and if anyone wants to come along to one of the um, road shows, sort of Londony way to come have a look at. Have a game, even of dystopian. Yeah. Let us know, and uh, we can talk to Mike about actually putting it on the program and where yeah. we're going to go with the the thing. That, after I've got the nationals out of the way, that's when I'm going to um, start uh, sorting out that sort of thing. But got to get the got to get the UK the Malifaux nationals out of the way first. It's nearly there. It is week to go. Wait to go, and then we're done. Right, I think we better go. Yeah, I suppose so. Because we've waited on. For, you know how long we've waited on for? Probably at least an hour. An hour. <laughs> so there you go. Dystopia wars, lion rampant, all sorts of things, really. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um.
Right. Well, until... oh, go on then. You were going to say it. I was going to say until the next time, my dear friend, chappy, chappy, chap, chap. Chappy, chap, chap. Yeah. <laughs> I've been Conrad. And I've been Mike. Bye-bye. Goodbye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. <laughs>